You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. I think a lot of times when we hear trolls saying stuff, we hear trolls saying stuff that our inner critic is saying us. But once we start to address that within ourselves, then that troll doesn't really bother us anymore. Because then you just start seeing it as just like a really sad, hurt soul that's just trying to get attention, just like your inner critic is trying to get attention. have incredible and interesting stories that live within your heart and you know at least one podcast host that you can contact to be able to share these stories. You know at least one platform online to share what lives within you. So what's holding you back from being visible? Well, when I asked many of you this question, so many of your answers boiled back to an underlying fear of being judged and trolled. And I don't blame you. Even I have experienced trolls in my DMs and assholes in my emails. I mean, it comes with the territory of putting yourself out there. But what if I told you that there's some exercises you can do and some mindsets that you can adopt and consider? that can help you deal with navigating assholes online, especially assholes on social media. (laughs) You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire, the branding and visibility podcast where we own our values as we amplify our influence. I'm your host, India Jackson. And I'm so excited for this episode because it's really true to some of my own experiences and things that I've had to navigate over the years of going from being this really nerdy kid who was a science major and all of these things to just being thrown into the modeling world where my image was being put in magazines and really being viewed as a certain way and having all of these assumptions about who I was inside based on images that were created. And (laughs) fast forward to now, and there's just so much joy that I have in working with people with their visibility. And also, I know that for people who have never been fully and authentically in the public eye, there can be some fear around what will people say about me? What will people think about me? Will they judge me once I have this exposure? Well, (laughs) 
I can't think of anybody better to really give you some tools, some mindsets, and even some experiments to consider for this concern, for this topic, for this conversation than Jeff Harry. My colleague, my friend, Jeff Harry, combines positive psychology and play to help teams and organizations navigate difficult conversations and assist individuals in addressing their biggest challenges through embracing a play-oriented approach to work. For his work, Jeff Harry was selected by Bamboo HR and Engagely as one of the top 100 human resource influencers of 2020. He has been featured in the New York Times, Mashable, Upworthy, and Shondaland. He's also been on the Pause on the Play podcast. And Jeff has worked with Google, Microsoft, Southwest Airlines, Adobe, the NFL, Amazon, Facebook. Oh my gosh, Jeff has worked with the big heavy hitting names, helping their staff to infuse more play into their day to day. And I am so excited to just dig in with Jeff. In this episode, you're going to get Jeff's perspective of dealing with these assholes that we encounter, or a-holes as he calls them, online. And he's going to give you his perspective on the different types of a-holes you may encounter, because there's more than one kind. (laughs) The relationship between inner shame and troll-like behavior from others online as well as he's providing some powerful exercises to explore your own inner a-hole and giving some insight on how positive psychology and play can make you a-hole proof. So I am so excited to dig in. You are going to love this episode. And without further delay, let's get the show on the road. I'm excited for this conversation because I just know that you know, a large part of what we do here is supporting people with putting themselves out there. Mm. And I think that especially when we start to go beyond talking about what we sell or what we do and actually talk about what we believe in, what we support, who we are, who our people are, our team members are, our clients are, we always run the risk that we're going to encounter assholes um, online. And I just know you bring so much perspective to that. So thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm all about eradicating a-holes from the workplace. Like that has been part of my goal for the next, for the last two years and probably be for the rest of my life. Um, And there's so many ones online as well. But I think like before diving into that, I want to provide some framework of, you know, you know, where I'm coming from. So, you know, I come from more of a positive psychology and play background. I define play as any joyful act where you forget about time, where, you know, there is no result. There is no purpose. You don't have anxiety about the future. You don't have regrets about the past. You are just like fully in the moment. You are fully in flow. Like that's, you're doing the stuff that makes you come most alive. Right. Um, And then the other part about play is play is the opposite of perfection and perfection is rooted in like shame and ego and constantly trying to be right and fear of failure while play is rooted in curiosity and awe and wonder and experimentation and constantly failing and embracing failure. So when I think of, you know, where assholes are coming from, especially online, they're coming from a place of shame. 
right? Mm. And they're trying to shame you because they haven't created anything themselves. If you go to most people's like you know, <laughs> that, that hate on you, like they haven't made one thing. They, you know, like they don't even have a picture. Usually, especially on TikTok, it's like username one five seven three eight nine. They don't even put their name on it. So, so like you know, the same thing on Clubhouse. So you can just see uh, that they they have a lot of shame themselves, and they're trying to put that upon you. They're trying to burden you with their own shame because they're struggling and and hurt people hurt people. That's such a powerful piece of insight because I think it's something that is so easily forgotten is to even pause for a moment when you're looking at like if you have encountered an asshole online and really ask yourself like is this person even putting themselves out there? You know, like you're you're taking a risk. You're taking a chance. You're being vulnerable. You're being brave when you decide to show up and <laughs> definitely look at the messenger and see like, are they even doing the same, you know, right. before you give their message any clout? Right. And, and, you know, Brene Brown speaks about this. Many people speak about this, but you know, like I only listen to people that are in the arena. Right. And, and we also, so there's, there's a few different approaches of how you can approach that, that a-hole, right? You can either come from a place of empathy and be like, okay, I have some time and energy to actually potentially engage with this person because sometimes you can actually really connect with some, right? But then others are just trolling for the sake of trolling. And you really have to ask yourself, you know, why, why am I devoting my energy to this person? And this really ties into a lot of the stuff that we, you know, we were talking about earlier around like inner critic. The reason why some of those a-holes really get to you or trigger you is because they're saying something that your inner critic has also been saying to you, that has been whispering mean things to you. And a part of you actually believes that. But the more you're willing to confront that and be like, wait a minute, I'm creating really amazing content out there. And people are, I'm having a huge impact on people's lives. Then you realize like, then the inner critic starts to get quiet because you're actually addressing it directly. Mm, Such a powerful thought there. One of the things that I've seen you talk about is kind of looking at what you call a hole itis mm. <laughs> and defining what that looks like um, and what it is. And I just wonder, you know, if it would be helpful for the listeners today to take a look at like what is the equivalent of that on social media. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind for me is like, are you, um, you know creating something, but then not like actually posting it. <laughs> right. Well, there's so many different types of a-holes and usually we break them down in like the workplace. So, you know, you have, you know, people that suffer from jerkitis that are just like, just super mean, just for the sake of being mean. You know, you have people that are arrogant that just think they're better than everyone else, right? You have people that are, that feel self-righteous. They suffer from I'm always right syndrome, you know, or the people that are dismissive that are like, your ideas suck, you know, or the people that feel entitled and they're like, I didn't, you know, I haven't done anything. I, I, I didn't do, I didn't work hard for anything disease, you know, and but I'm getting everything anyway. But then there's, then there's, oh, I forgot, I forgot what, exactly what we refer to it 
has, but I believe it's like some type of like ambivalent a-hole, which is actually one of the more most challenging ones because those are people mm-hmm. that are sometimes really nice to you and then other times real a-holes to you. And you like can't decide where they stand. Like you know where most people stand, but with someone else, you you don't trust them right? It's like an acquaintance that is like, sometimes they share your stuff and sometimes like they go ghost on you. So you have to Uh, yourself have to interpret, okay, where is my energy going? Who are my, who am I investing my time into? And also, and I do this a lot, you know, in social media, you know, regard whether I'm on Instagram or TikTok, ask yourself, Whenever you're in your dead scroll where you're just scrolling and you forgot how long you've been scrolling, ask yourself, <laughs> is this bringing me joy? Is this bringing me joy right now to continue to scroll? And also, is this person's account bringing me joy? Because if it's not, if it's not inspiring you to create, then why are you looking at it? Because it's just, you're just starting to feel jealous or you're starting to feel like inadequate or, you know, your, your inner critic is starting to show up really loud and you're just like, I don't need this anymore. And then you can just unfollow that person. Uh, such a powerful statement there. Um, and I find myself, you know, encouraging clients as well as myself individually to go into accounts and at least once a quarter, see like who's there in the news feed and just spend like a solid 10 minutes. And if there's anything that doesn't feel good, you know, make the decision to either mute so you're not seeing their things showing up um, in your news feed or actually like just unfollow. Right. Right. Because that energy affects how you feel when you show up. Exactly. It's it's just Marie Kondo that. Marie Kondo that shit. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Such a good frame for that. Um, Now, one of the things that I've also heard you talk about is addressing the inner a-hole within. Could you talk to us a little bit about that and share what that looks like? Let's get into it. I mean, let's... So, so... You know, this is a this is about inner critic stuff, right? And I, I do a whole workshop called Playing with Your Inner Critic, you know, and I think a lot of times we forget what our inner critic is. Our inner critic is our rational mind, you know, and you know, you have your rational mind and you have your in your intuition. And your your inner critic is there to keep you alive. Like that's its main goal. That's what your rational mind is there to do. But we run to our rational mind so much of the time, right? Albert Einstein says a quote around how in in this world, we, you know, the rational mind, we celebrate the rational mind and we ignore the gift, which is our intuition, right? Mm. So with our rational mind, you know, we run to it when we want to create something new and we're like, hey, should I take this risk? And your rational mind's like, no, don't take any risk. Just binge watch Netflix for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, and, and you have to understand its answers are only going to be fight, flight, or freeze. Those are the ones, that's what they know, right? While your intuition is where we need to be leaning on for creativity, risk-taking, all those things. So we first have to realize why the inner critic is there and not to like beat it up, Right. The second part is then to actually play and befriend it. So I learned this from um, my uh, a friend of mine, Marsha Shandor, that was like, this is all about naming your inner critic and really connecting with it. So the next mm-hmm. time you feel like crap, right? You're eating Cheetos or Oreos and binge watching Netflix and you think like you're the worst human in the world, right? You know, um, your inner critic has been there for a really long time. So then- 
one of the great strategies you can do is right at that moment, start to write down what your inner critic is saying, whether write it on a piece of paper or on your phone, but just start writing. What is your inner critic whispering to you right now? Oh, you're a loser. You're constantly going to be broke. Your business is going to fail. No one cares about you on social media, blah, blah, blah. All the mean things, right? <laughs> All of the mean things down, right? And then while you're writing them, start to ask yourself, where is this voice coming from? You know, what does it sound like and what does it look like? Is it like a bully from third grade? Is it that influencer with 100,000 followers, you know, on Instagram? Is it like, you know, your aunt and uncle that shit on you when you were a kid? Like, who is this? Start to paint a character of who this is. And then Marsha taught me this is like, once you know what it sounds like, what it looks like and, and what it's saying to you, you can then actually name it a character. And I use the word character specifically because you're trying to separate that voice from your voice now. Really what it is, is it's like, it's that hurt third grade self of yours that that is telling that old limiting belief story that that is trying to protect you, right? So I name mine Gargamel. Right. Because Gargamel sucks the life and joy out of everything, you know, and Gargamel's like, you're a loser. No one loves you. You know, your business is going to fail. And now I can turn to Gargamel, you know, in my mind and literally say to it, like, actually, my business is doing quite well. <laughs> actually, I'm surrounded by people that love me, you know. Actually, I, I really do believe that I can make a huge impact on this world. And when you actually respond to it, you can actually quiet it down. I also sometimes text my best friend, Dana, and I'm like, Gargamel saying these things to me right now. And she doesn't even need to write me back. Simply texting it to somebody else gets it also quiet. And then the last mm -hmm. thing you can do to actually address that inner a-hole, that inner critic is to then take the list of mean things that it says to you and then start to flip all of them. Oh, you're going to be broke. Actually, I'm going to be surrounded by abundance and I'm going to do I'm going to do quite well. Oh, you you know, no one loves you. Actually, I'm surrounded by many people that love me. Oh, you know, you're not having any impact on social media. Actually, many people's lives are being changed by the work that I put out in the world when I take a risk. And when you start to flip them into positive mantras, right? From a positive psychology standpoint, when you start to repeat those to yourself, you start to see those patterns more and more. And what happens is your inner critic gets really quiet. And then your inner child, your inner superhero, that inner cheerleader starts to get louder and you start to get inspired to create more. Uh, such powerful information. And thank you so much for sharing, especially like number one, um, naming that asshole within. Uh, yours has such a specific name, by the way. <laughs> What's yours? What's yours? Ooh, I'm going to have to come up for a name for mine. Yeah, because mm -hmm. when, when I run this, many people come up with so many different types of names, right? Frank Frugal, you know, Tila Tequila, you know, Mean Mary, <laughs> like just so many. And what's interesting is then we have their inner critics talk with one another and they start to laugh at them because then they realize <laughs> like how absurd. One person said this to me at a, at a workshop that I found just so hilarious. She said two things. She said, first, I don't have an inner critic. I have a board of directors of inner critics. I have like a whole, you know, a whole day, you know, day, <laughs> a whole group round table of inner critics. And then the other thing she said at one point was she went up to me and she goes, I hate this workshop. And I go, Oh, why, why do you hate this workshop so much? And she's like, because my inner critic says I'm not good at being my inner critic. And it was like, so interesting. <laughs> Meta 
like we <laughs> to it, right? So like you, there's so many layers that you have to cut through. So I think a lot of times when we hear trolls saying stuff, we hear trolls saying stuff that our inner critic is saying to us. But once we start to address that within ourselves, then that troll doesn't really bother the us anymore because then you just start seeing it as just like a really sad, hurt, hurt soul that's just trying to get attention, just like your inner critic is trying to get attention. That's so powerful. And I love the piece of where you shared that you will text your friend what your inner critic is saying, because when you said it sounds so ridiculous, like as you worded it that way, I think sometimes when we actually share what's going on in our head or what we're experiencing with someone else that can hold space for us and we know loves us. Right. It can actually show us like just how ridiculous we're being at times. Yep. Yeah. And they don't even have to write you back, right? It's just the idea of writing it, right? Because then then you start to realize, why am I so mean? <laughs> like, you know, and you've heard this phrase so many times. If a friend of mine said this stuff to me, I would not be friends with them. But we shouldn't shame our inner critic because really what it's doing is just trying to get attention. And it's trying to warn us of like, hey, remember when you were a teenager and you got hurt? Be careful. Don't have that happen again. And all you're tr- all you need to say back to it is like, I got this. Thank you for warning me. Hey, you you get to be in the car. Gargamel, but you don't get to drive the car anymore. You get to sit in the back seat. Fear is not driving this car anymore. So powerful. I wonder from your perspective if there's a relationship between, you know, that inner critic and how we react or respond, preferably respond, to the assholes that we encounter out in the world, whether that's social media for my listeners, but maybe even sometimes it's podcast folks or event people or convention folks? Yeah, that's such an interesting question because I was having this conversation recently, um, you know, with my friends on a death chat where we actually like talk about death as a way of understanding how to live more. And we were talking about Mm -hmm. the idea of conversation and how many times people are not having a discussion. They're having two speeches you know, next to each other, right? Like no one is actively listening. You're like, no one is like reflecting, oh, I'm hearing what you have to say, right? So a lot of times in these conversations, you're not just having a conversation with the person right now, you're having conversations that you've had in the past. You know what I'm saying? Like if you've ever like talked to a sibling or your, you know, you know, uh, your parents or your grandparents and you and you get really angry or riled up as you're having this conversation is because you've had that before. You had that argument when you were in third grade, then you had it again in sixth grade and then you had it when you were 20. Right. And and you're reliving it. Right. And sometimes you're reliving it with the same person and sometimes you're reliving it with a new person and you don't even realize all of the layers of like trauma that are coming out in this regular conversation. So when a troll says something to you, you get triggered because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm back, I'm back to to junior high, you know? And mm-hmm. Chad is now saying something to me again. And you're like, I hate Chad. Oh my gosh. And this guy's not named Chad, but his name is Cameron. And it's basically <laughs> the same. They both start with a C, you know, and you're like, you don't even really you're doing this all subconsciously. Like you don't even realize the patterns that you have in your head. This is part of the reason why I emphasize this so much in positive psychology. You know, your brain is constantly looking for patterns and, and it's already has certain, 
neurological patterns in in your mind already that you've laid down, you know, from you being really mean to yourself or you internalizing certain things. So the only way to address those patterns is to lay new um, pathways down by practicing positive mantras, by practicing like listening to your inner child. Like those things actually address and quiet that inner a-hole as well as creates a certain boundary so that when that external asshole comes up to you and says something super rude to you, instead of you just walking away or internalizing it, you just turn to them and you go, first off, that's not true. Second off, where do you get off speaking that way? Don't ever speak to me that way. And then you come back at them if you want to, right? You know, and you can even maybe come back at them with humor. And then all these people are like, oh, India just just crushed, crushed that asshole. I'm going to do that too. And then you people start to get more bravery to actually step up. Because they see that other people are stepping up. And that's what I usually do when we're doing it in the workplace, when we're like, how do we eradicate a-holes from the workplace? How do we deal with this toxicity? It's all about setting boundaries so that that a-hole can't push those boundaries anymore with any of the staff. And then they're forced to be like, oh, do I want to work here anymore? Because I can't be my a-hole self anymore. Or they have to change their behavior. And the more that people are doing that, that boundary setting online, the more you're able to put a lot of trolls in their place. Mm, it reminds me of the concept of culture making. Like in setting those boundaries, you are setting the culture of what people right. feel is acceptable to show up with or not. Exactly. And and then the, the other part, and, and I think we were going to go into this, but the, the, also the idea of so so much cancel culture, right? First off, and I don't know, this this might be just me, but... I feel like cancel culture was mostly created by dudes that wanted to be misogynistic and they needed, you know, terminology to to be like, hey, you know, I can't do that anymore. I, I can't be an asshole anymore in these ways. Oh, you're just trying to cancel me. You know, so I see that a lot happening, right? But also I think the other part that people anyone that is worried about cancel culture is like, look, if you make a mistake and you admit it and you own it. People love that. People want someone to be real. I mean, vulnerability is really powerful. Vulnerability is usually the thing that goes viral if you're willing to own it. But you see with so many influencers that they tiptoe around it, right? They make some huge mistake and then some tone deaf like comment. And then they don't say anything for many weeks, right? And then they get their like press or or you know their PR firm to come out with a statement instead of just owning the fact that they made a mistake. You know, people are forgiving if you actually really own it, but I don't think a lot of people. The reason why you know cancel culture happens is because people are not owning it, and it's like, well, I guess we're gonna have to take you to task. Uh, I so love talking to Jeff, and. It's one of the beautiful parts about being the co-founder of Pause and the Play of the Community. It's allowed me to meet such incredible humans like Jeff. It's allowed us to build these deeper relationships and honestly, just talk. I mean, there's so much amazingness inside each and every one of us. And I've just truly enjoyed building relationships with amazing humans. And so, you know, in full transparency, Jeff and I recorded this episode a while back. And I realized in being able to 
release this episode for each of you to to hear or to read the article on our show notes page at fontyourfire.com that really there's two episodes here. So <laughs> I'm actually going to just give you my thoughts on this one and also encourage you to to stay tuned because you'll be hearing from Jeff again for an additional area that he and I began to dig into from this conversation. Uh, from this one, I really love that he addressed how trauma plays a role in our daily conversations. Um, I will admit that uh, even for me, some things came up in noticing like where has in the past, you know, especially my early days of social media, way back when there was MySpace, <laughs> if you remember that, I'm telling my age, but you know, how certain people really got under my skin and having to recognize that some of those people and some of those situations um, were really me replaying past situation conversations instead of dealing with the the situation right in front of me. And I think that many of you can probably relate to that. I also love that he brought up the concept of what do you do when something happens when you're encountering these trolls or these assholes or what just may be somebody having a rough day and taking it out on you and not even realizing that they're doing it. You know, do you walk away? Do you internalize that? Or do you do what he calls stepping up? And I can definitely take a look at my own life and see where I, I think that the message that I received from a young age was when you're faced with conflict in person, you walk away, you be the bigger person, you do the right thing and don't entertain them. But if you're not careful, you know, doing that over and over again and not standing up for yourself by at least saying something can lead to you internalizing things. I'll say for me, um, that became more and more true once I entered the online space because there is no physical component to walk away. And so you have this emotional trigger or this um, emotional situation. And like, how do you move through that in your body? How do you take that energy and, and transform it into something positive. Well, I found for me that in not doing that and not standing up, I began to internalize what was said to me, which made it a lot less fun to show up online. And so I personally have been using the last couple of years of my life to <laughs> kind of build the muscle of stepping up and setting more clear boundaries in a very playful and experimental way that's true to me and just not taking it too seriously. And I found on the other side of that, um, that (laughs) it sparked some interesting conversations with people that I would otherwise looked at as trolling had I not said anything. And sometimes those conversations in the moment and sometimes years later, and sometimes maybe not, but lead to enlightenment from them lead to, wow, I never considered how this would make someone feel, or I didn't even notice that this word or this approach to this um, could spark, you know, feelings of harassment or sexual harassment or just overall negativity, like vibes here. So (laughs) there can be some teachable moments there and some lessons learned sometimes too. But I would never have known that and had these experiences with some of these people if I just did what I was kind of taught to do at a young age of walking away. 
Well, Jeff provided so much value here. So I am going to encourage you to continue to listen to this episode. Um, Again, like go back and replay and take some notes if you didn't already on the exercise that he provided and go take action with that because listening to the show without taking action isn't going to get you any change. So let's go get some change. Let's take some action and let's continue to show up and be visible. I'm also going to encourage you to go ahead and open up your podcast app right now and hit follow for flaunt your fire as well as pause on the play. Jeff has already been interviewed over at pause on the play and his interview there is freaking amazing. And it's really all about the workplace, which is his really key thing that he tends to talk about. Um, and he provides some really insightful points of view of what's happening in workplace culture, what's happening in office politics and how he's playing with that as well. And hitting follow here at Flaunt Your Fire is going to keep you posted on his next episode here, which technically is part of this original recording. And so you're going to hear back from Jeff on the relationship between perfectionism on social media and how we can kind of move out of that perfectionism by utilizing play and play experiments. And he's going to give you a really great exercise for that one too, to go try out. So make sure you stay tuned to flaunt your fire. And in the meantime, I know you want to keep in touch with Jeff. So I'm going to encourage you to head on over to your social media outlet of choice. You can find him through the handle Jeff Harry, J-E-F-F, H-A-R-R-Y plays. And that's on LinkedIn. That's on Instagram. That's on TikTok. You can also check out Jeff. Uh, He's a great interviewer, as you heard right here on this podcast. He also leads some amazing workshops. So if you would like to partner with Jeff in any kind of way or work with Jeff, I'm going to encourage you to check him out over at rediscoveryourplay.com. This episode of Flaunt Your Fire is brought to you by Pause in the Play. You can learn more about Pause in the Play's community, workshops, and podcast, as well as check out Jeff Harry's episode, Challenge the Politics in Your Workplace, by heading over to pauseontheplay.com. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is also known by many as the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., and its surrounding area. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly 
This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?